0: Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? I uh I love that song. I think that song's hilarious. We uh we actually showed a video last week as we started our new series uh talking about marriage and sex going through Song of Solomon, and uh last week we showed this video that ha- that the the uh people on the street talking about this song. And uh so that was pretty funny. But uh welcome, glad you th- you guys are here this morning. We're uh in the second week of a new series. We're calling the series I hate my marriage, and uh it's amazing to me that the the number of people that I I'll meet and I'll say hey you know you ought to come out we're we're doing this new series with church and uh I I uh, I tell them it's called I hate my marriage and people look at me and they say you hate your marriage No 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 I promise um but uh, we're calling it that because uh it's amazing the number of people that I do meet that are in a marriage that they uh didn't turn out as they expected it to and uh so we're, uh, we're going through the book, Song of Solomon, and, uh, talking about, uh, issues dealing with marriage, issues dealing with sex, and, uh, it, it's, uh, if you're, if you're here and you're single, I don't want you to think, oh man, I came at a wrong day. You actually came at a right day, because we're gonna talk about some of those things as well. But, uh, how many of you guys are the, uh, the messy one? How many of you guys are messy? Come on, you guys are all lying now, right? <laughs> how many of you guys are, uh, are the ones that are always on time? You like to be on time. Like me personally, I, I like to be on time to something. And, and so my, my wife, I, I can say this because she's not in here. But, uh, my wife is the one that, well, five minutes equals 20 minutes. But I don't see any correlation with that when it comes to football. Right? I mean, that's totally different, isn't it guys? Right? Two minutes in football, it can last an hour and that's okay. That's totally different. But, uh, how many of you guys are, uh, are the one, maybe you have a pet peeve like toothpaste, like that video. Toothpaste everywhere, yeah? Yeah. Uh, toilet seats. Is that a big one? Toilet seats? Listen to ladies, yep. Yes. I don't understand. It's easy just to put it down, right? Right? Oh, for me, for me. But, uh, how many of you guys that are married, you thought, okay, when I get married, marriage is hugs and kisses, like Grover was saying, right? And a little kid. Marriage is hugs and kisses. I remember, when uh my wife and I were engaged and I remember thinking to myself, man, you know, this is so hard right now just waiting to get married. And when marriage comes, it's just going to be so easy because it's going to be hugs and kisses all, all, all the time, right? And we'll get into some other things too, but uh all the time, right? And then you get married and you find out that you have stuff like time and you have stuff like... You know, who's messy and who's not and who, who likes it clean. Uh, you have issues like, uh, you know, toothpaste and toilet seats and all of those things that you, you don't think about, right? And so I'm excited for us to go through today and we're actually going to pick up from last week. Last week we went through the first, uh, chapter, uh, of Song of Solomon and started into chapter two of Song of Solomon. If you missed that, you can actually get that on our podcast to be uh, kind of caught up with where we're at. But last week, if you remember, we talked about three things that a woman likes within a relationship, right? You guys remember what those were, those of you guys that were here? The first one was priority, right? A woman needs to know that she is a priority to her husband, okay? That that he has set her aside as his priority. Second thing, a, a woman needs to know that she is protected by her husband, right? Is that right, ladies? You want to know that your husband is gonna protect you. Is that right? I mean, maybe I'm totally off. I'm not a woman. But I would guess that a woman wants to know that her husband's gonna protect her. <clears throat> the the last thing that a woman needs to know within a relationship is that her man is gonna provide for her. Is that true? You want to provide her, right? Okay, guys. Last week we talked about the needs in a relationship for a guy. The first one we said, you know, okay, a guy needs a place called an angeti. You find that in scripture. and angeti is in scripture is actually an oasis of water in the middle of a desert. Okay, like refreshment in the middle of the desert. We we looked at that in scripture last week. And so, what a man needs to know is that he has a restful home to go home to. Right? Is that right, guys? When you go home, you want to know that you have a place that you can kick back, you can rest, and it can kind of be your, your, your haven, your restful place, your, your angeti, as scripture calls it. Okay? Uh, we talked about <clears throat> last week, a, uh, a, a man needs to know that as scripture, it actually says this in, uh, Corinthians. It says that a, a man's body is for his, his wife, and a woman's body is for her husband. And a man needs to know that, right, guys? Is that right? You guys are like, yeah. Oh, it's true, guys. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But, uh, and then we also said a man needs to know that he is valued in his wife's eyes, that she believes in him. Is that huge for us, guys? I know it is for me. I need to know that my, my, my wife believes in me. Because there's so many things that God throws our way, that, that life throws our way. So many things that God has us involved with throughout the days and throughout the weeks and throughout the months that it's nice to know that, you know what, my wife believes in me and the things that God has called me to do as an individual. And that's the same for you, isn't it, gentlemen? And so we talked about those things last week. This week, we're going to jump into Scripture and we're going to talk about the things that interfere into marriage. Okay? And again, those of you guys that are single, these are great things to, to take note on because you may not realize it now, but who you are now is who you will enter into in marriage. And you can bring some of these things in with you into a marriage if you're not careful. We're, uh, we're, as I mentioned, we're going through the Song of Solomon. And, uh, how many of you guys think the Bible is G rated? It's the same Bible that, uh, that the kids are reading over in the the kids area. And you read the Bible through the same lens. The Bible really is not G rated, is it? I mean, what's the story of Noah? Now, it's a common children's story, right? But really at the heart of Noah, what is it? God's people were doing incredibly awful things. God says, I'm going to destroy those people to try to bring a people back to himself, right? And he goes to Noah and he says, Noah, I'm to build an ark. And then load people up, load, load animals up, load your family. He, basically it was his family and animals. And he said, I'm going to start over again. It's not G-rated. That's more like uh, like Gladiator or something, right? And so you look at the Song of Solomon. And there's going to be some things. Let, let, let's just jump in. There's going to be some things that you're going to read. And you'll be like, wow, God talks about that? Yeah, he does. He does. And uh, it, I just want to remind you, Song of Solomon was, was written by... Do you guys know who it was? Who, who wrote Song of Solomon? Solomon, yeah, yeah, I kind of gave the answer away, right? Song of Solomon. Um, Solomon, who was he? He was uh, he was the son of King David, right? Solomon was uh, mentioned in Scripture as the wisest man to ever walk the earth. Proverbs is written by Solomon, correct? <clears throat> Solomon is known as a... Uh, he, he's known as, as kind of a musician at times. He wrote some of the Psalms. And then Song of Solomon then is like the song of all songs. That's what that means, song of songs. The song of all all songs. The motherlode of all songs. And, and he writes this, and it's early in, his, early in his life when he is courting a woman, okay? When he is married to, to, to one woman. You, his, Solomon kind of went off as he got a little older, right? And uh, he had a whole, a whole harem of women. And then that's when Ecclesiastes comes in and he realizes that, wow, you know, these are the mistakes I've made in my life. And he talks about that, that in Ecclesiastes. But this is before all of that happens. Song of Songs. And he talks about a relationship between him and his current wife. Now, what we're reading, it's, it's out of order, okay? I don't want you to think that chapter 1, verse 1 starts when they're dating. It doesn't. It's kind of a a picture into their marriage and then it flashes a little bit. Like next week, we're going to talk about the wedding day itself. And then it actually, guys, to, to, to maybe some of our surprise, it talks about the honeymoon as well. And we're going to talk about that next week as well. But uh, this week, it's looking within their relationship, and it's talking about the things that can get in the way within their relationship. Let's, let's jump in. Open up the Song of Solomon if you want. If you need a Bible, raise your hand real quick. And we've got one that we'd love to give you, and you can keep that. Take that with you but it'll be easier for you to follow along in, your, in, in the uh, in the text. And there'll be some things that I'll have you circle and maybe write down because uh, a lot of times some of what we're reading here can be a little difficult to understand if we don't understand the, uh, the, the, the background of what's taking place. But go ahead and open up Song of Solomon and chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8. I'll give you guys a second to get there. Chapter 2, verse 8, let's jump in here. It says, uh, listen, my lover. Now, now, one thing, just to help you guys out, you're going to notice there, there's going to be headings. One is beloved, okay? That is Solomon's wife that is speaking. Whenever it says beloved, that's his wife speaking. Another section is lover, that's Solomon speaking. And you're going to find a section with friends, okay? We talked about last week, those are her friends that are speaking with into their, their relationship. So let's jump in. Verse 8, this is her speaking. She says, listen, my lover, she's excited. She says, look, here he comes leaping across the mountains. Guys, when you're going on, on, on your first date, this isn't the first date, but when you're going on a first date, were you leaping across the mountains? You couldn't wait to get there? Yeah? Am I right, guys? Come on. Come on. That's true. You're leaping across the mountains, and you can't wait to get there. You're, you're so excited to take her out. I remember the first date that I took my wife on. And let me help you guys out, those single guys, okay? Don't do this. I, the first date, it's was, it was kind of interesting how our relationship developed, actually. I, I remember uh, seeing her. I was teaching a Bible study. I remember seeing her walk across the room and think, wow, you know, she's she's kind of cute, right? And then I thought, well, she, she looks kind of young. And uh I was a junior in college. She was just out of high school. And I thought, well, you yeah, know. Those, those girls just out of high school, they're, they're just kind of immature, right? You guys think that? Some of you guys, at one time when you were in middle of college. And, uh, I remember, uh, just, you know, seeing her walk across the room and thought, oh, she's kind of cute. Yeah, but she's probably immature. And then it was a couple months later that we met, uh, through something else. It, it was a, uh, something called Judgment House that this church puts on through Halloween and so forth. But, uh, we met through that and we started talking a little bit. And, uh, I, maybe I, yeah, I was kind of lame. I'll just admit it. I never asked her out she uh she knew that I was working at a it was a coffee house ministry that was reaching inner city kids, and she came to me and she said, "Hey, do you ever need any help over there?" And uh, <clears throat> I thought to myself, "Well, yeah, we're always looking for help." And I thought to myself, well it, especially from from cute girls, I'm always looking for help, right and uh, <laughs> And so she comes over. And she, she, uh, I'm sitting in the, in the office part of this cafe doing some stuff that I had to do. And she came over to help me that evening. And would you know that we sat and we talked for three hours? I got no work done. And, uh, and then it, we were leaving and I said, Hey, would you, would you like to go out sometime? You know? And of course she said yes. And I don't mean it that way. You know, of course she said yes. But I knew what she was getting at by, Hey, can I help you out? It was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Come on over. Right. And, uh, so, so we, we scheduled a time to go out. I picked her up and, and we went to a restaurant. This is where I made the mistake. <clears throat> the restaurant we went to was a place called Thirsty Dog. <laughs> and not the most classiest place. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like it was like a full-fledged bar, but they did have these big, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, big things where they brewed their own beer, right? And so we go, and we sit there, and we eat, and we're talking. And uh, <clears throat> and, and then she says to me, she says, we're, we're talking. It's we're like, okay, what do you want to do when we're done, done eating? And we had a great conversation during dinner. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe we can see a movie, or I'm going to sit and talk some more. And she says, well, hey, my parents are having a game night. Do you want to come back to the house and so we can play board games with my parents? And I'm thinking, oh, crap. That's not what I envisioned for a first date, right? And I wasn't trying to do anything that I shouldn't do. It's just like, I want to spend time with you talking, right? I didn't feel like I was at the place where I wanted to, to meet the parents yet, right? But anyways, you know, I went back and met, met the parents and we talked a little bit. But, uh, but this is kind of where, where they're at. They're, they're, they're married at this point, but he is, he's running to the house ready to, to take her out on a date, right? How many of you guys are married and you still date? I hope so. I hope you're married and you still date. It's fun as heck, guys. Anyways, um, <clears throat> verse 8, it says, Listen, my lover, look, here he comes leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. How many of you guys, ha- has your wife said you're like a gazelle or a young stag? No, probably not, right? <laughs> Basically, what she is saying, though, is, Man, my husband is a stud. That's what she's saying. My husband is a stud. And it goes on. It says, uh, look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows. Again, it says our wall, so they're, they're married at this point. There he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. Her husband's not a peeping Tom. all right. <laughs> Her husband, you know, it's for whatever reason, he was out, maybe he was working during the night, and he comes back, and uh, he's looking through the window to see if she's even awake yet. Okay. And, uh, of course she is because she's waiting for him to come so that they can go out and enjoy the day together. And it goes on, it says, my lover spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. And then it says, see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Spring kind of brings a refreshing time, doesn't it? Doesn't the spring, when the, when, when the winter is done, the rains are past. And you just smell, smell the the fresh scent of grass. Maybe, maybe grass that has just been cut. And and the sun is peeking through in the early morning. It is like a refreshing time, right? And that's what they're saying here. And then verse 12, it says, flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. Verse 13, the fig tree forms its clear, I'm sorry, the fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. We talked last week, guys, it is so important to have nicknames for your spouse. I call my wife Sweetheart or Sweetie. I don't call anybody else that. You know, it's, it's my nickname. It shows her how much I care about her. She's a priority to me. And see He calls his wife, he says, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Verse 14, he continues in the conversation. Again, lover means it's Solomon speaking. And it says, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Again, he's complimenting his wife. He's saying, show me your face. Let me hear your voice. It's sweet to hear and see in the morning hour. I want to drop down to verse 16. We'll go back to 15 in a minute. Verse 16, it says, My lover is mine and I am his. He browses among the lilies. Verse 17, Until day breaks and the shadows flee, turn my lover, lover and be like a gazelle, be like a stud. This is her speaking to him. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, turn my stud, or, or, or like a young stag on the rugged hills. I'll let you... Figure out, guys and gals, what what uh, rugged hills means. Okay. Again, they're married, so you can picture that. But I want to get back here in verse fifteen. So he's coming. He's coming to pick her up to go out in the morning on a date. Right? They're going to spend the day together, just enjoying one another, enjoying one another throughout the day. But in verse 15, it says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. That passage may look like it's out of context there with, you know, coming, getting ready to go out on a date and enjoy the day together. Enjoy one another thoroughly. And then it says, catch for us the foxes that ruin the vineyards. The vineyards is their relationship. The foxes are the things that come in and try to steal that relationship, try to steal that marriage. Again, there's a huge difference between Grover and the little guy up there explaining what marriage is. And then the video we saw about the other things that come into a marriage that we don't even think about sometimes until we're in that marriage, right? And so I just want us to take a couple minutes here. <clears throat> and I've actually talked with my wife this week. And I asked her, I said, you know, what are the things that interfere in marriage? And I thought, I thought to myself this week, what are the things that can interfere into marriage? And, and, and this is a great time for, for those of us that are married to, to take note of some of these things and evaluate, okay, is there a potential for some of these to be interfering in my marriage? Those of us that are single... Is there a potential that I'm bringing some of this with me into my future marriage? Because do you know that 90% of people will be married one day? 90%. Do you know out of that 90%, those of us that marry before the age of 40, which is most people, right? Those of us that marry before the age of 40, 67% of those marriages end in divorce. 67% 67% end in divorce. Most of those marriages that end in divorce end in divorce before year 7. Have you guys ever heard the 7-year itch? It's not it's not a rumor, it's true. Majority of marriages end before year 7. And so these things that we're going to talk about here that I want us to, to really discuss, I, w- I want us to jot down to take note of, whether we're single or married, because these things are real, and these things have the potential of destroying the marriage. But let's go ahead and jump in. The, the, first, the first set of things that can destroy a marriage, I call them architectural issues. Okay? So if you're taking notes somewhere, even in your margin of the Bible, if you receive the Bible coming in, and that's yours to keep, take it with you. Write some of these things down. The first set of issues are called architectural issues, or at least that's what I call them. And the reason I call them architectural issues is because they are kind of foundational issues within a marriage, within a relationship. Foundational issues. The first one would be kids. Kids. How many of us, before we were married, discussed with our spouse, how many kids do you want to have? That's so important, isn't it, guys? I remember having a conversation with my wife before we were married, and I remember the exact location it was, the time of day it was, and I asked her, you know, well, how many how many kids do you want to have? And, uh, And she says, I almost fell off the seat, she says, I want to have six. I thought, oh, my gosh, wow, there's either some work to do here or it's time to move on. <laughs> six kids, that's a handful. We compromised on four. So we're we're uh, we're working on number three right now, but uh, but kids is an important part for us to talk about. Parenting. How are we going to parent the kids that we have, right? And I know maybe some again some of us are single and we're like, well, kids, you know, I haven't even thought about kids. We need to before we get married. We need to think about okay, how was I parented as a kid, and what did I like about my parenting, uh, my my parents' parenting what what didn't i like what will i take into my marriage what won't i take into my marriage what is maybe a person i'm dating or somebody i'm engaged with or what what what, what are they bringing in parenting wise you know, have we talked about those things of how we will parent our kids you know spanking a kid is do do you agree with spanking a kid i personally have no problem with spanking my daughter if she needs a spanking you know, i sit down and i explain to her why i did that and uh, sometimes it's deterring the future behavior and sometimes it's not depending on the child but parenting and kids are a huge fox that can enter into a marriage if we're not prepared for it what about uh, <clears throat> where you're going to live I remember again the same conversation just asking my wife you know where where do you want to live I'm from Ohio I grew up I lived in the same house for 20 years Wow, 23 years. I moved out a month before I got married. I lived there through college; It was a lot cheaper. <laughs> but uh, I lived in the same house for 23 years, and we moved when we got married. I moved out. We moved uh, into a, an apartment in the same city. But I remember asking my wife, who was to be my future wife at the time, you know, where do you want to live? At the time, I I had I I had envisioned that God was calling me to to full time ministry paid ministry, and I, I had no idea where that was, where I was going to be. And I asked her, I said, are you okay moving away from your family if, if that is indeed what what we are called to do? And she said, yeah, I am. I'm willing to do that because I believe that that God is calling you to the same thing and I want to be there with you. You see, those conversations are so important because if, if it, was, uh, it was actually a year later we picked up and we moved to Indiana, I had never lived more than 10 minutes from my parents' home. She had never lived uh, more than 10 minutes from her parents' as well. And and so it was a huge move for us. Can you imagine a year into the marriage, me coming home and saying, hey, what do you think of moving to Indiana? That was something we talked about long before we got ready to make that move. So you guys see the importance of that. That, that. That can easily be an issue within a marriage if it's not talked about. No, have you talked about When you have kids in a marriage and and you're a woman, do you want to stay home with your kids and raise your kids or do you want to to work while your kids are are being raised? And I'm not saying there's one right or one wrong, but within a relationship, that's something that we have to discuss, right? I mean, at the time, I knew that my wife wanted to stay home with our kids, so I knew in my mind that was going to take certain uh, sacrifices on our end to make that possible financially so have you talked about marriage or have you talked about money within your marriage have you talked about the style of life that you want to live you see these are all architectural issues that we have to look at in a marriage hey, hey, hey john can you come up here for a minute i asked john to come up rachel could you come here too rachel's kind of surprised by this i I I, uh, I normally don't do this, but I asked John to be all right. He vouched for his wife too. So, uh, wives, you can thank your husbands for those things. But uh, would you guys just come up here for a second? I promise you're not going to have to say anything. I'm just going to use you as a model. Okay, John looks so much like a model. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask you guys a question. Okay, I, I do uh, any time that I do a marriage, I always do pre-counseling because I want us to work through these issues together. Before they ever get into a marriage relationship and they're like, oh, you want to have six kids? You know, I don't want any of that to be a surprise as as, as a couple is entering into marriage. But I want to ask you guys a question. What is wrong with this marriage? John's like, oh, crap. (laughs) What is wrong with this marriage? You know what's wrong with this marriage? John? John? Is wrong with this marriage? Sorry, I yeah. And Rachel is wrong with this marriage. What I'm getting at is, guys, we all the time bring stuff into a marriage. I don't know about you, but I'm a sinful human being. Can anybody vouch for that? My wife was here. She'd say, oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> what about you guys? Are you guys sinful human beings? You make mistakes. You do things that you don't want to do at times. Maybe at times you don't love your wife as you should, gentlemen. Maybe ladies at times you don't support your husband as you should. Does that happen sometimes? Is that part of life? Absolutely, guys. So the two problems in a marriage is you and you. You're like, oh, man, this is rough, dude. Come on, give me a break. But seriously, the problem within my marriage is myself and my wife because we each bring things into a marriage And that is where communication is huge. And that's what we're talking about here, architectural issues. Communication is huge for us to talk through things as they come up so that in a marriage, toothpaste doesn't become a huge deal, right? Because toothpaste really is not a huge deal, right? Right, okay. Thanks, guys. You guys sit down. So They they feel much better about themselves now. But do you guys understand what I'm talking about? None of us are perfect. None of us make the perfect spouse. We all bring things into a marriage that we have to work through. Do you know that God uses a marriage to bring glory back to himself? I want to show you a passage. Can we have that Ephesians passage? Give the guys a couple minutes. I kind of threw it on them. Here we go. I want us to read this. Look at this, guys. God uses a marriage to bring himself glory, okay? It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Again, this is the whole idea that a a, a wife's role within a marriage is to support and encourage her husband. Now, some guys that are idiots, and I'll just say some guys that are idiots, don't understand this next part of this, because a wife submits to her husband as to the Lord because the husband is the head of the wife, but more than that, as Christ is the head of the church, of which Christ is the Savior of the church. But what it's getting at, it is is saying that a husband leads his wife as Christ led the church. How did Jesus Christ lead the church, gentlemen? He sacrificed himself for the church. Gentlemen, how do you lead your wife? It's a no-brainer. You sacrifice yourself for your wife. Let me ask you, gentlemen, if we are sacrificing ourselves for our wives, what wife would not submit and follow that leadership? Right? Let's continue. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Let's continue on. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. This is what Christ has done for us, the church. And gentlemen, we are called to do the same things for our brides. Ladies, never marry a guy that does not understand this. Let's continue, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He loves. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. And then it goes on. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. One flesh. A husband and wife come together, make one flesh. That's more than just a physical relationship. There's communication, there is emotion. There, there is a oneness within that relationship. They have left their families. I am surprised at how many people never totally leave their family and go with their bride or their, or their husband. But it says they become one flesh. Do you know one of the things that God is showing us in a marriage is the unity of the Trinity? The unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is shown to us in a healthy marriage. When my wife, or when my daughter is old enough and will ask me questions, explain to me, daddy, what does the Trinity mean? I pray that I'm able to say, well, it's kind of, the Trinity is one. You know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. They're, they're in unity together. Just like mommy and daddy, daddy are in unity through life. Do you see that correlation? Do you see that picture that marriage is supposed to be? However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So these architectural issues that we're talking about are huge things for us to talk through within a marriage, for us to communicate together so that that oneness is reached. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I want us to take a minute, think through. Is there anything, any of these foxes that are maybe entering into our relationships? Those of us that aren't married yet, are any of these things there potential for us to bring into our relationship? Are you in a dating, a serious dating relationship now? Have you talked through some of these things? Because marriage, as we know, is more than hugs and kisses. You know what would what would awaken be if my wife and I weren't weren't united on these things above and some of these things I'm gonna mention. It wouldn't be here, right? It wouldn't be here. Let's continue on. Okay, another another thing that falls under architectural issues is uh you know, like organizing a home. How many of you guys are like super outgoing. You love having people over to your house. How many of you guys are that way? You know, you love having people over to your house. How many of you guys, your spouse is maybe the opposite of that and it's more like a closed home. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's more like, you know what? I just like to sit at home, maybe watch, watch a game or read a book or, or just kind of be at home and not have craziness all over around me. How many of you guys are that way? Right? And maybe your spouse is maybe a little bit different, right? And so have you talked through some of those things to where, to where instead of a random home or, or an open home, or I'm sorry, a random home or a closed home, maybe it's more of an openness to where you guys, you know, you're like, okay, I understand that my wife likes to to interact with people and have people over periodically and, and she understands that I just need a place to rest at times. So we come to a balance on those things. Have you guys talked about some of those things organizing your home? What about technology? Technology I don't know how many times I'll go and I'll sit in a restaurant with my family and I'll watch another family down down on, on the other side of the restaurant and, and, and the husband is is on his Blackberry emailing and doing business and making phone calls and and never once do I see the husband interact with his wife or his children you know have you guys talked about those things where you know during these times maybe you shouldn't make the phone call you know maybe during these times it's okay to do that Have you talked about that within your marriage? What about uh, extended family? You know, there's, there's, there's in-laws and there's out-laws, right? (laughs) But have you guys talked about, okay, what, to what extent do we want our families involved in our marriage? Let me, let me tell you some, some, some wisdom I learned. It is not good during an argument to go ask for family help. Okay. That usually does not work out well. It's not good during an argument. I have a great relationship with my wife's family. It is not good to call her mom and say, Mom, would you talk to your daughter? (laughs) It's not good, guys, okay? I've learned some of these things. But to what extent do we want our families involved in that relationship? What do you do at Thanksgiving and Christmas? I remember the first couple years of our marriage, you know, okay, I can only eat so many turkey dinners, guys. All right, and then I'm like turkeyed out. I'm I'm done. It's like comatose for the rest of the day. You know, my wife's going to have to drive me home, you know. Have you talked about what you'll do on holidays? Those are important things that we have to talk about in a marriage. Let Let me recommend this. It is always better for the guy to deal with his family and the wife to deal with her family. Is that right? Learn from experience, right? It's always better for the guy to deal with his family and the wife to deal with her family. Because our parents love us, don't they? The parents want to, I don't want to say size, but they want to to be supportive. That's, That's the idea. But have we talked through extended family? Have we talked about scheduling and budget? You know, like myself, I... I'm not a huge scheduling guy, and sometimes sometimes you'll see that within the the organization and the structure of Awaken, and we've tried to fix some of those things by bringing other people along, like John and another volunteer, Jackie, that, that helped me with all the organizational stuff, but that's something that my wife and I have to talk through. Okay, I'm not a huge organizational guy, a huge structure guy, and so we have to talk about that within our marriage, okay? If there's something coming up, I have to make sure that she tells me to put it on my calendar. Otherwise, I'll forget entirely about it, completely forget about it. Okay, so those are things that we have to talk about. Okay, money, who's the spender and who's the saver? Money is one of the huge, the biggest reasons for an argument in the marriage. A lot of times, communication in a marriage is an issue because money is the root of that communication issue. Have we talked about who's the spender, who's the saver? The spender, how do we hold that in control? The saver, how do we make sure that we're not frugal? You guys see how some of these things are important for us to know? That's where, like, like for instance, if you're single and you're entering into a marriage in the near future or in the future at some point, you may not even know when yet. But what kind of debt are you bringing into the marriage? Those are huge things that have to be talked about before you get married. And and those that are single, that's why it's so important to identify some of those things now and say, okay, I can't live as I want now and expect it not to affect my marriage later. Because it will at some point. So those are architectural issues. The second one is, is, is uh, annoyances. Annoyances within a marriage. The toothpaste. You know, the toilet seat. How many of you guys remember? I might be dating myself a little bit here. How many of you guys remember Paula Abdul? And I don't mean from American Idol. I remember Paula Abdul from the song that she sang, Opposites Attract. You guys, anybody remember that song? Good, you're helping me out a little bit. I appreciate it. But but there's a lot of truth to that song, right? Opposites attract, because they're, my wife is different than me in a lot of different ways. And so before we get married those differences are kind of curiosities, right? Like, "Huh, I wonder why she's that way." You know, it's kind of a a curiousness. Uh uh for for gentlemen, it's kind of like a journey you know, let me understand why she thinks that way. And then later on after you get married, those curiosities become annoyances pretty quick, don't they? Right? I remember <laughs> I remember we got married and and uh her dad used to always turn out the light for her at nighttime, right? He'd come in, say goodnight, turn out the light, and leave. So we got married, and, and the first couple months, she'd say, hey, could you grab the light? I'd be, I, and it was funny, but I'd look at her and say, I'm not your dad. <laughs> and, you know, now it's a joke that we use that, uh, you know, she forgets the light. I'll get up and get it. It's not a big deal. It doesn't happen very often, but we'll, we'll joke around, you know, I'm not your dad. But, you know, those are, those, those are curiosities. At one time they can become annoyances later. Now, have we talked through some of those things? What about uh, seasons of life that are hard in a marriage? Marriage is not all hugs and kisses. There's going to be seasons of life that we go through they are going to be difficult. What do we do during those difficult seasons? I believe that God allows seasons in our life to be difficult at times to bring about a maturity in our walk with Christ so that our marriage is a picture of God's relationship with his church. A picture of perseverance. A picture of sacrifice. A picture of communication. So there are going to be hard seasons within a marriage. How do we handle those hard seasons? Do we sit and we communicate? You know, one of the things that I've learned is is when I am upset with my wife, the best thing that I can do is hold her hand and talk to her. Because it's easy for us to sit across the room and be upset and say things that we don't mean, but it's something else if we're sitting there hand in hand and we're discussing something. Isn't that right, guys? It's like a different emotion that takes over at least for me. What about attitudes? No, attitudes of criticism, bitterness, defensiveness, shame, stonewalling where we ignore our spouse. And pain, past pain. Guys, if, if I, I've broken several bones growing up, but if, if my bones, like my wrists, I broke both wrists at one time, if they were not set right, I would have problems with my wrists today, correct? right luckily the doctors did a great job <laughs> but the same thing is true in our in our and who we are as people if there is a past pain within my life that is not dealt with properly it's going to cause issues later on so we, so we can't say well you know that was something that was in my past it has nothing to do with me today the way that you know that you dealt with a past pain is you are free to talk about it and use it to help other people that is one way to know that we have truly dealt with a past pain. It doesn't affect where I'm at and what I do today. But I'm able to use it to help other people. Let's move on here to make this finish up real quick. This is the last one that I just added in because of where we're at. Guys, I think that sometimes the military can be a fox within our marriage. And I don't say that in a way to say the military is something horrible. I moved here to start this church because I wanted to help those that were in the military. I see great potential for those that are in the military of spreading the gospel. But the military can also be hard on marriages, right? I mean, the the divorce rate was 67% for those that marry before the age of 40. That has nothing to do with the military. In the military, that rate goes up much further. I have friends that are in the military and are divorced now. So, some different things that I read, and maybe here sometime through this series, we'll have somebody that come up and talk that is in the military and explain what we can do to prevent some of these things in our lives. One of them here, living as though you're in the same country. I've heard and I've read that if on, during deployments, if there's any way that you can live as though you're in the same country, it makes things a lot easier. Uh, the thing that can help that is communication. Be in constant communication as much as you're able to, and I understand at times that you can't, But when you are able to be in communication, I want to say this, and I don't want to say this to scare you, but I want to say this to make this real. Pornography is huge in the military. Pornography in general is huge uh, with, with all people, and we'll get to that at some point as well. But in the military, it's even bigger. Is there accountability that is set up within your marriage so that that kind of stuff doesn't happen, guys? My wife, I've given total freedom to to ask me any question she wants for anything. And I will answer it honestly. Have we set those kind of accountability things within our marriage? Wives, be careful while your husbands are gone. It just doesn't happen on the husband's side. It happens on the wife's side too. Who are the friends that you gather around you while your spouse is on deployment? You become who you're around. These are huge things within a marriage. So we talked about architectural issues. We talked about pain. We talked about um, <clears throat> military. We talked about uh, annoyances. We, we talked about all kinds of different things that can enter into a marriage. These are the foxes. There's fears that enter into a marriage. We don't have time to get to it, but you'll see that she is, during that the next part of the passage, is displaying, talking about a dream that she had where she's afraid that that Solomon, her husband, is not there when she wakes up. It's an insecurity that she faced within their, their marriage. Are we talking through those insecurities? And then she announces to her friends again. She says, do not let love awaken until it so desires, until the right time. Don't awaken love. She's saying, wait until you're married to allow certain things to happen. As the worship team comes up and closes us out, last week I asked us to, uh, to, to do some homework. That homework last week was talk about I wanted us to take, if we we're married, to take our spouse and, and, and hold, hold her by the face or by the hand or something and, and tell her, remind her what attracted you to your spouse, guys, to your brides when you met them. You know, what, what physical attribute attracts you to them and what characteristic attracts you to your spouse. Those that are single, I ask you to think about what characteristic do you want within a spouse? That was a homework we asked last week. I, I hope you guys did that. I hope you did that. I did that with my wife, and it was a special time. You know, it was a time just to remember, you know, this is what attracted me to you. Her name is Connie. Connie, this is what attracted me to you. And she told me, and and I still remember, she said, "I, I am attracted to your leadership, Mike. Godly guidance is what she called it. I'll never forget that, guys. So if you've not done that, I encourage you to do that this week but I want you to add something else in that. I I want you to, to talk with your spouse and I want you to think to yourself and discuss this. What are the foxes that are in our marriage or could be in our marriage? And those that are single, I want you to do the same thing. What are the things that I can be bringing with me into my marriage that'll make it unhealthy? What things do I need to deal with whether you're in marriage or entering into marriage in the future that could interfere within that marriage? Can we do that this week, guys? Can we do that? Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for just an opportunity to look in your word. I thank you that your word is real. I thank you that it is powerful and effective. I thank you, Lord, that your word changes and transforms lives. Jesus, I thank you that no matter where we're at, no matter what foxes we've allowed into our marriage or into our lives, Lord, that you can heal those things and you can change those things as we pursue you, Jesus. Jesus, I ask that if there is anybody here that does not know you, Jesus, I ask that you would draw them to you. I ask that they, when we are done, would ask the question, how do I know that I know you personally, Jesus Christ? And Jesus, if there's anybody here that needs to ask that question, how do I know that I know you, God? I I I I ask that you would weigh on them to come talk to me or, or to John. or or to Vince, or one of these people up front, Lord, I, I ask that you would weigh on them to talk to one of us, to nail it down that they know you, Lord, because a marriage needs to be built around the priority of you, Jesus. And I thank you for how you change lives, how you bring healing through past pain. No matter what has been done, you bring healing. I thank you for that, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you use those things as a testimony to those in the future of your grace and your mercy. And it's in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.